Oh, Bentley's bringing the word tonight, y'all. Yes! <laughs> All right. Um, we wanted to give Bentley an opportunity to bring the word tonight because we see uh, what the Lord's doing in Bentley's life, and we want to um, honor Bentley, and we... <laughs> Focus. <laughs> And when you honor someone, you put yourself in a position to um, receive what they carry as well. Uh, so I know Bentley's had a lot of words, and I've seen it firsthand. Um, his heart is on fire for the Lord and for the younger generation to know Jesus. Um, and he, he wants to go do all the things. And um, we're so proud of him, and we're so excited to hear him speak tonight. And Hebrews 11, so if you could extend your hands towards him. Father, we thank you for Bentley. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill him right now from his head to his toes. Lord, we thank you for your word uh, that, that it can do heart surgery on us, Lord. Uh, make us reflect you through your word tonight, Jesus. Teach us, Holy Spirit, through Bentley. Uh, Lord, we thank you for what he carries. We honor him. We bless him. And uh, Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give me just a second here, sorry. All right, wow. Ooh, this is so, this is my first time preaching, so if everything crashes and burns, at least we're in the presence of the Lord and he can rebuild it, so bear with me. But um, real quickly, how many of you just got wrecked by the love that the Lord was pouring out in worship. I know, I know I did. I was a little weepy over here. But real quick, I just want to talk about where we were in worship. Like we were in, we were in the throne room of heaven. Like we were, we were face to face with the Lord right there. And it was, it was incredible. And how many of you were here last week? Okay, a lot of us were here last week. So those of you who weren't, I want to kind of talk about what we um, we're in last week. Last week, we were, we were right at the feet of Jesus. I mean, we didn't, we didn't hear a message. Matt invited us all up here to the front, and we just, we just worshiped the Lord all night long. We just sat in his presence, and that's what Hebrews 10 was all about, which is why we're in Hebrews 11 now, because last week we were going to go through 10, but we lived out Hebrews 10 last week, um, and there's just a part of it that I want to, I want to read from Hebrews 10 before we get into Hebrews 11 on kind of like what happened last week. Um, and Hebrews 10 was all about the sacrifice of Jesus and how it paid, for all, it paid for everything. And we all have full access now. So I just want to read um, Hebrews 10, 11 through 23 first. Um, and so it says, and every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all, t for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit bears witness to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and I will and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, 
Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And that is exactly what happened last week. Um, we entered in to his presence. We entered the Holy of Holies. The Spirit witnessed to us and I felt just a freedom in the room. And so that's, we, we lived out Hebrews 10 last week and that's why we're going into Hebrews 11. Um, but the end of Hebrews 10, it also goes into um, our full assurance of faith, which we, we read a little bit about. And Hebrews 11 is all about faith. And so when Taylor and Faith were singing that last song of King Jesus, he is faithful, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that we cannot have a true, solid faith without realizing that the Father himself is faithful first. Yes. He is the most faithful. Um, and that's where like, our faith comes from. And so it's almost like they read my notes because I have that literally written down what they were singing, everything they sang. So props to you guys. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to get started in Hebrews 11. And um, here we go. Um, so now, by, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. And some translations there will say they received a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. So I just want to, I mean, those first three verses basically explain themselves that faith is not something that we see. Rather, we trust in the things that are not seen because those things are, in fact, more real than the things that are seen. Doesn't make sense to the human mind sometimes, but sometimes we have to go beyond our understanding to fully get in the, in the throne and into the heart of the Father. And so faith is something that requires trusting beyond our minds, beyond our human capacity to understand. And if it didn't, if it made sense, it wouldn't take faith. Like if, if it made sense that, oh, like, yeah, I believe that, like our God wouldn't be worthy of serving because we, we would understand every capacity that he has, but we don't. And that's why he's so great. That's why he's so good. And like right now, your guys' cars are out in the parking lot. It doesn't take faith to know that your cars are out there. Like the, you drove them here, you left them there. They're sitting out there right now. Well, I mean, we are in Hallville, so it might take a little bit more faith to know that it's going to be there when you're gone. But for the most part, you know it's there. Like it doesn't take faith to know that. Um, it, takes, it doesn't take any faith to know that there's a gas station just down the street that way and that way. Like it doesn't take faith because you know it. And it... There's no belief that, oh, like, I don't know if there's a gas station, but I'm going to trust the Lord. Like, no, there's a gas station, you, and you know it. So it doesn't require the same amount of faith. And so faith um, is trusting in something that you don't already know to be true. All right, we're going to read the next couple verses here. Um, so by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commend commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah being warned, of, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for, saving of his, for the saving of his household, by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. 
By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable, innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. And I just want to like sit in that one for a little bit because those are some heavy verses. We, we see here that faith doesn't always make sense yet again. I mean, you look at Cain, his sacrifice... Hold on, sorry. Um, Abel, my bad. Abel gave something to the Lord that made zero sense to Cain. You see, Enoch walked in faith so closely with the Lord that it made no sense to those around him, and he didn't see death because of that. Noah trusted the Lord that a massive flood would cover the earth hundreds of years before it happened, and he started building a boat. It doesn't make any sense. Like, imagine walking by a man building a boat in the middle of a drought and just, just seeing a boat. You haven't had rain in hundreds of years. It made zero sense. The Abraham and Sarah, it made zero sense. Abraham was someone who grew up worshiping idols. And the Lord said, I'm going to do something through you. Abraham got up and left. It made zero sense to the situation that they were in. And so, like, none of these things make sense. But when you have faith, it actually passes your own understanding. And when you pass your own understanding, you tap into what the Father's understanding is for your life. Because faith in him is greater, and he's still greater today. He doesn't change. Later in Hebrews 13, 8, it says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that they trusted in when Noah was building the ark, when Abraham was wandering through, through life with Sarah, um, holding the promise of nations, that same God is the same God today. He doesn't change, and so our faith is still valid, our faith still works, and God is still greater. And then there's just something to, like, it says that faith pleases God. Like, is that not crazy? Like, you can please God by simply believing in him and trusting in him. That's all, that's all it takes. It pleases the Father to know that you trust in him. And I, also, I just also want to make it very clear that while faith is pleasing to God, it doesn't twist God's arm. Like your amount of faith does not hold God at gunpoint. It doesn't hold him to the fire and say, hey, you're gonna do this because I have all the faith in the world. God will do what he'll do because it's his character. It's just who he is. It's, it's his will to do what he wants to do. And sometimes while faith pleases God, sometimes we might not see something that we have faith for but that does not change who God is. So the formula to faith, you know, like it, we require faith to see things happen, but faith doesn't always make things happen. Do we know why? Absolutely not. But does that change who God is? No. He's, he's still good. He's still faithful to us. And because of that, we can still have faith in him. When, like, like it does, faith doesn't make sense all the time. 
it's easy to have faith in God, but when the circumstances around you aren't changing when you're believing for it, it's a little challenging. But Jesus doesn't always need us to understand. He doesn't need us to understand to, to do a work. And we see that Abraham, he was old in age, scientifically, physically, any way you want to look at it, should not have been able to have children with Sarah. And so in his situation, it was challenging for him and Sarah to, to go through life and be like, okay, yeah, Lord, you're going you're gonna to do it. Like, they were old. Like, they shouldn't have had kids. Like, like no one that age now has kids because it's, it's nearly impossible. Faith isn't easy. But faith also is not motionless. Like faith does not ask you to sit in one place and not do anything on it. So faith doesn't move, or faith moves, but it's also anchored in Christ. So while you may be sitting still, your heart is still moving closer to the Father. While you're moving, your heart is moving closer to the Father. Abraham, it, it says here, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. He had no idea where he was going, but guess what? He went. Noah, he was told to build an ark. Had no, like, he hadn't seen rain, but he started to build the ark. Abel took his sacrifice and went to the Lord. Moses, he had to take the Israelites, and it got them to the Red Sea, and there's where they saw the miracle happen, just one of many. They had to move from where they were to see things happen. Now, I don't want you guys to misunderstand me or hear me say what I'm not saying, but, um, <laughs> but sometimes the Lord calls you to sit. And so you might wonder, like, well, you just said you got to move. Like, yeah, and like I said earlier, well, not like I said earlier, but like another thing that the Lord does is like sometimes he'll call you to sit still and he'll call you to wait, but he's not calling you to be still in your heart and in your spirit and in your mind. Like you're still moving closer to the Father because he is always drawing near to you. So when, when he's telling you to sit still, it's not a moment of, okay, Lord, I'm just gonna wait for you to do what you do. It's I'm gonna press into who you are and who I know you are, and I'm gonna move even when I'm waiting. There's, there's, no, there's no motionless person in the kingdom. You are always moving. Excuse me. And then you see it like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They wouldn't bow and it took them to stand up for their faith before they were thrown into the fire to see something happen, to see the Lord appear with them and to walk out alive, to walk out free. The walls of Jericho had to be marched around seven times before the walls fell down. The blind man called out to Jesus. He reached out to him. He didn't just let Jesus pass by and, and think in his head, I'm just, I'm just gonna wait to see if this guy comes by and heals me. No, he called out. He said, Jesus, like, I'm here. He made himself known. He didn't sit still. The woman with the issue of blood, she pushed through the crowd. She didn't wait. She didn't just sit there. She moved. She pushed people out of the way, and she did what she should not have done in those days, and she, she was touching people. She was moving through the crowd, and she made her way to Jesus. The lame man at the gate of the temple with Peter and John, excuse me, they, they went up to him, and he was asking them for silver and gold, and they said, I don't have that, but what I do have, I give you. And they had to move to this man, and they picked him up, and when they picked him up, he walked. They didn't watch him sit there. They didn't just walk by him and do nothing. They acted on the faith that they had in the Lord. 
knowing that he would do what only he can do, and they saw the miracle. And there's so many other stories, like throughout scripture, throughout the history of, of Jesus, that everybody moved. Faith isn't something that just sits still. And so when you have, when you're in seasons or you're in moments that are just difficult, you find yourself like, God, where are you? I've, I have all of this faith. I've got more than a mustard seed. I have a mountain of faith. Where are you? Why are you not doing anything? When it doesn't make sense, sometimes you just gotta move. You might not have to physically move. It might be sitting in your room for two hours, praying more than you ever have, reading scripture more than you have, to see your heart grow closer to the Father, to see your heart become like the Father for something to happen. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna keep on going here. So we're going to read verses 13 through 16 now. Um, and it says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, excuse me, they would, not, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly home. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And that right there, I mean, it kind of explains itself. The, the people that we just read about before, Abraham and Sarah, Noah, all of them, they didn't necessarily see their promise come to pass that the Lord gave them. But they lived in the promise that the Lord had gave them, and they walked in it and let the Lord carry them through. I mean, Abraham, he never saw the nations. He never saw his descendants as much as the stars. He never saw his descendants as innumerable as the sand. But Isaac carried it out. Isaac was the one who carried it out. The promise was made to Abraham, but it was carried out through Isaac. So sometimes the promises that the Lord gives us requires our faith, but it doesn't actually follow through with us. We have the faith to carry it on to the generations to come after us. And I think today as well, like there's just so much going on that the Lord is promising. And I don't know if it's gonna be me to carry it through, if it's gonna be the next generation or the generation after that. But if we are faithful, the Lord will do what he said. It might not be now, it might not be in 10 years, it might not be for another decade or another century, but the Lord will do it. I mean, look at, look at Abraham. Look what he did through Isaac. God has always been faithful. Even when we might not realize it, even when we don't always see it, he is faithful. I mean, Abraham, he even went to sacrifice Isaac because he knew, he knew very well that if he had killed Isaac, the Lord would raise him up and be faithful to his promise to carry it out through Isaac. And so we're able to have full confidence in faith in Jesus because if we go through something, if we see circumstances that don't make sense and it causes us to give everything that we have, we know that the Lord will provide and the Lord will be in control no matter what. There's nothing that we can take to him. There's nothing that we can offer. There's nothing that we can sacrifice that the Lord will not work with, that he will not take care of and he will not fulfill. With Abraham, he, he, he probably walked up to that mountain thinking like, Lord, where's, where's the sacrifice? 
This is, this is my son. You promised me that you would be faithful. And this is the son who's supposed to carry the descendants of the promise that you gave me, but I'm, I'm about to kill him. Abraham was walking up that mountain with a knife in his hand, ready to kill his son, but trusting that the Lord was going to raise him up. He was walking up that mountain with hope, but also with despair. Joy with mourning. He was walking up with grief, but hope for future joy and restoration. I mean, if you look at Daniel 13, 8, when the Hebrew boys are about to be thrown into the fire, they say, Lord, or even if God doesn't do something, he is still worth serving. He is still greater than anything that happens in this life. And I can imagine that Abraham walked up, up that mountain with the same mindset. Lord, if, you, if I kill Isaac and you don't raise him, you are still good. But if I do kill Isaac and you raise him up, you are still the same God. You are still good. And our faithfulness doesn't have to come from nothing. And this is, this is what Taylor and Faith were singing. It actually comes from first realizing that the Lord himself is faithful. The Father himself was first faithful to us by providing everything. I mean, he sent Jesus. That alone is faithful. He made a way for us when there was no other way. That is faithfulness. And it, I mean, if you look at any relationship, if someone's faithful, like, what does that make you do? If, you, if you're in a relationship with a husband, with a wife, and they're faithful, it, it changes everything because you have full trust in that person. They can go out and do what they want, and you're going to trust them. They can say what they say, and you're going to trust them. You appreciate who's faithful to you, and it actually allows you to become more faithful in return to that person when you realize that, oh, they mean what they say. I, I trust what they say because they've never given me a reason to doubt. What reason has God ever given you to doubt him? Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it may hurt, when you prayed for a healing and it didn't happen, when you prayed for a loved one to be raised from the dead, when you prayed for cancer to go away and it didn't happen, what do you do? Do you, do you look at God as an evil dictator or do you look at him as a good father who's gonna provide in the midst of all of the pain? Faith is messy. But when you know who's in control and when you know who you're in relationship with, it doesn't have to be painful. It's going to hurt here on this earth, but we have a hope that the end outcome is greater than anything we go through right now. The present events have nothing to do, or they do, but they have no effect. Sorry. They have no correl... Not thinking the right words. They don't compare. That's what I'm trying to say. They don't compare to the future joy and the future hope that we have in Jesus. And I just want to go back, too, to verse 7. Real quick, this might be jumping around a little bit. I'm not quite sure. We'll run with it. But when we read about Noah, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world, and he became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Excuse me. And when you read the word heir, there's two different types of heirs that we see in scripture, we see in life. There's, there's an heir and there's an heir apparent. An heir apparent is somebody who has to wait for the person to die, the person to give up their blessing, basically, to receive everything that they have in store. But an heir is somebody who has immediate access to everything 
that the, that the person above them has. They don't have to wait for it. And you see that Noah is called an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. You and me, we right now, we have righteousness that comes by faith. When we look to the cross, we believe and we profess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. We have that faith and we are immediately righteous before the Lord. There's nothing that can change that because his blood covers it all. And so if we're made righteous by our faith and we're made an heir by our faith, that means we have immediate access right now to everything Jesus paid for. We have access to healing. We have access to words of knowledge. We have access to see miracles happen. We have access to see people raised from the dead because what did Jesus do? He did all of that and he paid for that for each and every one of us. By faith, we step into that. We step into our heirship, if that's what you want to call it, our sonship, that we're made righteous through Jesus. So Noah was an heir, but that doesn't mean that it was only then. It was, it's for us, too. We have immediate access. And, and with faith and righteousness comes health, comes wholeness, comes joy, comes love. Everything you can think of comes through our faith in Jesus. And with our faith in Jesus, we actually bring heaven down. When we have faith in Jesus, everything that is in heaven, that is given to us through Jesus, actually lives in us. And so everywhere we walk, heaven walks with us. But we have to believe it. If you don't believe that you're carrying around the spirit of the living God with you, you're not going to see it. You have to believe things before you receive them. Same goes to healing. Same goes to literally anything, somebody raised, being raised from the dead, financial provision, whatever it may be, you have to believe it before you receive it. You might have $10 in your bank account. You gotta believe that the Lord's gonna provide and pay that rent, pay that mortgage, pay the bills, whatever it may be, before you receive it. That's what faith is. It's believing before receiving. Because if you received it and then you believe it, there's no faith. You don't have to trust in somebody other than yourself. You don't have to trust in somebody higher than yourself if you receive it first. Faith takes us to so much more. So much more. All right, and I just wanna, I just wanna finish reading the rest of Hebrews 11 real quick. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Right there, that's faith. <laughs> 
he chose something much more difficult to go through than to simply just take what he could have received right away. But he chose to be an Israelite. He chose to be of God and looked forward to the promise rather than receiving everything the world had to offer him. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time, time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of the lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, but put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided, some, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect." And that's the end of Hebrews 11. But I feel like right there in what we just read, there is, that's the more of the gospel that I feel like many Christians pass up. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> um, I feel like so many, so many of us can often, myself included, can forget that our faith takes us somewhere greater than where we currently are. I mean, we literally just read the stories of so many people who experienced the more without receiving the more. But, but I think that right now the Lord is saying to us, there's more. All you need to do is believe and you're gonna receive. I feel like he's truly just pouring out favor and just letting so many people know, not just, not just 420, not just the churches around Indianapolis, but the Christian body, the bride of Christ, that if we simply believe, we will receive the more that is waiting for us. We will see heaven invade the earth. We will see people raised from the dead. We will see people come to know the Lord that, theoretically speaking, should not know the Lord. People overdosing on drugs will come to know the Lord. People who are in the hospital who have had cancer for 25 years will be healed in an instant because in an instant, the Lord can do more than the doctors could in 25 years. And now that's not, it's not easy, but we know who's in control of it and we know that it's nothing for him. You'll see people walking in wheelchairs and you're gonna say, oh, by faith, get up and walk. Like, you're gonna start praying for people and seeing the more of the gospel experienced in day-to-day -day life. And there's so many times throughout the New Testament, don't quote me on this, but I believe the number 17 times that Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Somewhere around that number. Either way, faith made them whole. 
they came with faith. Everybody that came and was healed by Jesus came expecting and came expectant to receive, but they first believed this is the Messiah. This is the one who came to us to save us. They went believing and they walked away receiving everything that they had hoped for. Nobody left the presence of Jesus the same. And by faith, we can do the same thing. And I kind of want to take a step of faith right now and, and just like talk a little bit about what's going on with, with 420 and the things that the Lord is doing here. There's, there's a possible situation going on right now with, I won't go into too much detail, but a new building um, and just somebody who's willing to sow into us. And I think now I would, like it takes faith to get where we're going. And I feel like the Lord is laying it out in front of us to, to do exactly what we're believing for and we're praying for and we're ready to receive.